everybody! It is yet another episode of Rookie on the Rise. And ladies and gentlemen, we brought back to you our beloved co-host, Smirky Berkey. That's the name today, baby. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I like Smirky Berkey. I've been called worse things. I do smirk a fucking lot. So uh, yeah, it works, man. It works. I'm happy to be here. Happy to roll. Cannot wait to talk on some of these rookies coming up. Me as well. Unfortunately, Bradley is confined like a cocoon in his mother-in-law's place. He tried his damnness, but I worry for his sanity and his ability to procreate in the future if he would podcast with us today. So we just got you and me today, baby. We're going to let it ride. I know he does like his mother-in-law. He does like his in-laws. So he's okay. It's it's just, it's a small house and everybody can hear him and he gets all hot and heated. And then people are like, shut the fuck up, Brad. We're trying to sleep, bitch. Yeah. yeah, no, he's making the right life decisions that I don't know if I would have been able to make in his place. So I'm proud of him. I wouldn't have made them. So maybe that's why I don't stay at my in-laws enough. <laughs> maybe that's the truth coming out. All right, let's get into this rookie. Let's get in right into it right now. JV Hawkins was a name that was hot. He was really hot coming out. He somehow slipped any sort of draft capital in the NFL was an undrafted free agent. Hell the, the Falcons, when they drafted him, didn't even give him that big of a signing bonus. So I want to talk about why he's a name that we should be paying attention to and why he's someone that may actually become fantasy relevant on our dynasty teams. So Berkey, what does he look like project or profile wise coming out of college in your favorite team or favorite school to hype the Louisiana Cardinals, Louisville Cardinals, Louisville Cardinals, Louisville Cardinals, Close enough. Louisville Cardinals. um, Okay, dude. Javion Hawkins wasn't drafted, right? He was an undrafted free agent that got signed right after the draft. So when he says hot, like when we're looking at running backs, once you get past Javonta Williams, we're fucking digging, dude. We're digging. I like Michael Carter. All right. He liked Trey Sermon. Once you get past that, it's like, fucking just pick it, dude. Uh, Jarrett Patterson. Britt and I talked about Jarrett Patterson until we both got the meat sweats. Like, and, and that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. So these guys going undrafted, it's not surprising. Uh, but it does allow them to kind of find a good home. Jarrett Patterson, uh, which we're not talking about, is the backup in Washington. He's got a, he's got a chance to carve out a little NFL career there. Javion Hawkins ends up in Atlanta. So when when he's coming out, this guy's nickname is like the PlayStation Joystick. And if you don't want to like Javion Hawkins, if you think he's too small, which he's a, weighed in like 183 pounds, like this guy needs to go get soaking wet and wear some clothes next time he hits the – he hits the uh, – scale the scale thank you i was going to call the the weight thing so i'm very professional tonight once he hits the weight thing because that's not heavy enough but if you want to not like him don't go look at highlights because the guy looks like a grown man playing with a bunch of middle schoolers like he's running away from people faster than him he's running over people stronger than him bigger than him he's hitting the hole he's got vision his his receptions quadruple his breakout sophomore year, which if you're following people coming out, you want them to break out young. Freshman is great, but that doesn't generally happen. Rondell Moore. <coughs> but sophomore breakouts, Rondell's fine. But sophomore breakouts are big, dude. They're big. And then to do it again as a junior. So as a junior, he plays five less games, but his receptions like quadruple uh, go from four to 16. But still, suddenly he's got pass catching. Suddenly his yards per carry go up. Uh, he's just absolutely taking things to the house. And if you know anything about the ACC, it's kind of like that, you know, thrive or die kind of conference. And he's thriving. He's making the Louisville Cardinals good. They're scoring points with 
Cunningham is the quarterback. Des Fitzpatrick is the broke-ass wide receiver. And Javion Hawkins scoring all the points, making all the plays. Um, so coming out, I was excited because he's just – he's a playmaker. And what you're hoping for out of a guy like this is a Philip Lindsay-ass season, right, where he comes out of nowhere – but he can get upwards of a thousand yards and, and you're going to have to do that on limited opportunity. You're never going to be given the bell cow back roll, no matter your size. You're just not because you, they paid other people. They want other people to be successful. You're not going to get the rep. So when you do get in, you have to be able to just house one. And Javian Hawkins has those abilities, man. He just does. Yeah. And what's interesting about Javian Hawkins is that he went from one reception, his junior year to four receptions, his sophomore year. And then literally improved that 200% to 16 receptions his, his junior year uh, and tripled his target share on the team. Like, Javion Hawkins before last year was not a pass catching back, which is weird to say because you would assume, given his profile, he excels in the pass catching department, which he does. But he was able to turn 16 receptions into 127 yards, which may not sound like a lot, but that's impressive and he's someone that you know losing draft capital is worrisome because honestly we don't have a lot invested in him right but when we're thinking about it the cost to acquire Javian Hawkins is I mean we'll get into it later but it is minuscule it is hardly anything worth of consequence and so when you're looking at that as a whole you're like okay he doesn't have the draft equity to retain a role on the offense without producing quickly with, with that offense somehow, whether it's special teams contributions or the offensive contributions. So he's going to need to be productive to have a roster spot moving forward. But luckily for him, he's fighting off Quadri Olsen, who's a fourth year running back who's basically done nothing. He's a player I like. He's a player I'm high on. He's a player that I think is worth an ad, but we're not here. And he's fighting off Mike Davis, who's 29 years old. I wrote an article on him uh, at the fffair.com about why I think he's a stupid person to be drafting in the fifth round. Turns out he's not getting drafted in the fifth round anymore. I still think he's dumb. I still think his ceiling is 10 points a game. So like, I'm just anti Mike Davis this week because, or this year, because I don't think that he's going to have a Carolina-esque season. So what I'm trying to say here, very long-winded, is that the red carpet is rolled out for Javion Hawkins. All he has to do is take his partner by the side, stand for some photos, answer some stupid questions, and strut down to the, to the starting lineup and make an impact. So what is getting in his way, Eric, from doing that? Uh, his size. So Quadre Olson's in his third year. All right. And he's getting some hype because he's big. He's 6'1, 232. So the, the coach is Arthur Smith. Going from fucking Derrick Henry to this running back room, he's just gotta he's just gotta throw his hands in the air and be like, what the hell happened, Atlanta? What the hell happened? Uh Quadre Olson's a big guy. He does have he had like four touchdowns as a rookie. Last year he got one carry. One carry. So even though his pass protection looks better this season one touch last year and that horrible offense. So I don't think Quadre is really a threat to anybody. He'll make the team though, because he's a goal line guy. He's a big guy. He's great for practice. He's a great hit hit guy for the linebackers to learn how to tackle people. Uh, and then you got Cordell Patterson. I'm not going to completely sleep on Cordell. who had like hundred carries last year for the bears who he, he's a Jack of all trades going to play a lot of positions. Like 
when when CMC went down and and they had Curtis Samuel, and he starts getting carries, that's what you're looking at with with Cordell. You're not looking at a guy that's actually going to play the running back position. He's going to play football and he's going to do a damn good job of it. Punt return, kick return, gunner, whatever. Uh, so you're really just looking at Mike Davis, who's 29, like you said, five nine, but he's 221, so he's thicker. We just saw him have a very nice year last year in Carolina, where he had he showed the ability to catch the football out of the backfield, which we always thought he would he would thrive at, and he also set career high in carries of 165. Second time he broke 100, broke broke 112 and in 2018 with Seattle before he went to Chicago to apparently be the man, but he wasn't and gets cut. So now he's, he finds a new home. Good for him. Good for him. But 165 carries, right? And 70 targets being the workhorse in Carolina last year. And when we look at what Atlanta did and that just horrid offense with Todd Gurley and Edo Smith and what's the other guy's name? What's the other guy's name? Brian Brian Hill, Hill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Brian Hill. Uh, they had 409 rushing attempts, which is not that many. 628 passing attempts. That's what we're focused on for, for fantasy purposes, PPR, right? But 409 rushing attempts. So 400 rushing attempts, and, and you're looking at Matt Ryan will probably get 10 because of fall when the snap comes in, and so he'll get his 10 for 10 yards. And then you, you get – let's give 200. Let's give 200 to Mike Davis, right? You're, you're looking at like 190 rushing attempts. So let's give 90 to – Cordell, right? That's a lot. Like everybody's getting more than they should. And that still leaves a hundred rushing attempts in a team that last year was pass heavy as hell. And this year has Arthur Smith. So your baseline is a hundred rushing attempts for JV and Hawkins. So if he can get four or five a clip, that's four or 500 yards falls in the end zone a couple of times. I mean, this guy in fantasy, the, the, the biggest, you know, selling point that I could tell you to go get him is that he's free. And he's perfect for your bench because he's either going to hit and you're going to start him or he's not and you're going to drop him. And so those that use taxi squads like I do, I got just a shit ton of handcuffs in there. I don't want those wide receivers that are going to develop. I don't want tight ends in my taxi squad. I want a guy that's either going to get in the starting lineup or is going to die on my bench. And so he sits in the taxi squad so I can rotate the rest of my actual roster, my actual bench with waivers where you're picking up, uh, you know, whoever for that one week fill in that Travis Fogum like pop, you know, or maybe some tight end gets a big opportunity and you pop him in for just a week and then you drop him. Well, you have these handcuffs out there for an injury because Javian Hawkins is one rolled ankle, you know, one bump, one bruise from a 29 year old running back that's never handled 200 carries away from being relevant as hell. And he's also one badge coaching decision from being cut. So he is so affordable in fantasy football and we talked about the 628 passing attempts 628 passing attempts so they just lost julio like where are those going kyle pitts is fucking awesome russell gage is very good you know he's better than darius slayton everybody loved him uh and then you got calvin ridley who's going to get as many as he can take but there are going to be passing opportunities for other people and because jv and hawkins at his size his pass protection is not great right he's going to just get steamrolled even if he's in the right spot so he's on the field, they're going to be looking to get him the ball, a la Sonny Michelle, his rookie year, where maybe he only plays 50%, 55% of the snaps that game, but he still gets 23 touches. I mean, I don't think 23 touches for JV and Hawkins is a real thing, but 10 to 15, it's very obtainable. It's very obtainable. I'd be shocked if he doesn't get 10 to 15 in a few games this year. And he just seems like the perfect play for, you know, for for your bench, man, that, that turn and burn kind of mentality, so... 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, let's be honest, the likelihood that Javian Hawkins is going to have a Philip Lindsay-esque season ever is slim. The, the fact that Philip Lindsay had a Philip Lindsay season is slim. Like that just isn't something that I'm going to bank on as a guarantee forever. Right. Uh, I'm trying to look up right now, the vacated targets off the top of my head, but I want to say like the amount of carries that are vacated, it's in the upwards of 150, I believe in terms of what is being open. Vacated carries for Atlanta. Yeah. It's like 409. It's like it's 408 because Quadre got one. Everybody else is gone. Yeah. So Mike Davis, Mike Davis was efficient as a receiver. Mike Davis is going to retain the role as a receiver. Like that is something that I am expecting. So Quadri Olsen is going to be used outside the 20s in between the red in the red zone, right? So that now reduces Javian Hawkins as he needs to show the training staff. Or the coaching staff, maybe the training staff too, given how ridiculous their running back room is, why he deserves first and second down carries. Now, to his credit, he's explosive. He's able to create a lot out of a little. And that's something that Falcons offense could potentially utilize because that's something that they need is a spark from someone other than Calvin Ridley and maybe Kyle Pitts because it's not coming anywhere else. Maybe Zacchaeus, maybe Gage here and there, but it's not going to be coming that's consistent. So, I mean, ultimately, with J.B. Hopkins, what you're, what you're hoping for here <coughs> is that Mike Davis or Quadri Olson are out for a couple of weeks, that J.B. Hopkins is able to flash, is able to use that opportunity that he's going to be given in a way that is successful and fantasy productive, and then you flip him. So let's get into that. Because, I mean, I don't think any of either of us are going to be holding on to him if we get value from him, unless it's an an abstained absence from either of those guys. So how do you you kind of feel about that strategy heading into the season for Hawkinsburg? Well, I love being able to take somebody from your bench, your taxi, your third round of your rookie draft and flip them for a profit. I love that mentality. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't know if Philip Lindsay is going to happen, but when I look at Hawkins, the guys that I, the guy I think he legitimately reminds me of is Naheem Hines and they scheme plays for him. And I think they're going to do that for Javian and Javian's 183 pounds, but he was listed at Louisville at 196. Naheem Hines is listed at 196. So I don't know if they were just lying like Rashad Bateman, where you're like, dude, you shrunk a bunch of inches and lost 20 pounds. He's like, I've never played more than one at more than 190. So I don't know if they're just lying. Uh, I don't know if he could bulk up. I don't know. But what I do know is on the field, he's a problem. So I, I see him as Naheem Hines or maybe Tariq Cohen-esque where he can line up in the slot a lot. They don't really have a slot wide receiver. So I think Javion Hawkins has some value. But you're right. He's never going to be the one. He's never going to be a one. He might have a season, but yeah, nobody's betting on that. Nobody bet on Tariq Cohen getting 108 targets, catching 90 of them. Nobody thought it was going to happen. Nobody thought Naheem Hines last year was going to end up at RB 15 in PPR leagues off the back of three or four huge weeks that were hard as hell to call, but all of a sudden he's in the end zone four times. You're like, he looks elite. And then the next week he gets three touches. So um, yeah, you want to turn and burn. It's, it's what are you getting back? And so I've been able to, Mike Davis is the key here. Cause I got JV Hawkins any, anywhere I had Mike Davis and so, which is not a lot, but I had some CMC. And so when you go and you spend a couple thirds or fuck a second last year in pursuit of a t- title for Mike Davis, knowing that's a loss, but you gotta do what you gotta do, man. 
and um you, and, and you turn around and you're like well what the hell do i do with mike and he gets a good spot and you're like people are kind of hype like dude i gotta get out so i got jv and hawkins so being able to flip both of them together is the you know scenario i've had success with but you're not getting you're not getting a first right so what do you you're asking for a second so my key move here is a second and third in 2023 and i don't even like that because you're losing again this year just like last year as i lost draft capital but i gained half a season now i'm going to lose half a season or possibly a full season for draft capital in two years so it really depends on what you're getting back. And I've yet to find anybody that's a truther on JV and Hawkins. Whereas I'm still getting guys that are truthers in like JJ or single white side, you know, like wide receivers. Andy Isabella is still involved in trades in my leagues. And I'm like, he's not going to be on a team, but all right. All right. You want to throw a fourth round pick? I just traded John Ross for a fourth round pick. Why? I don't even know why the hell John Ross is on my team. But okay, a fourth round pick is nothing. I get that. But these guys hold value. And I've, I've yet to find anybody that actually has real interest in Javian Hawkins and is able to give up anything more than a third rounder and a 16 teamer. And I literally just took him in the third in the 16 team league. So nobody wants to pay for him. So it's tough to see what you're going to do. But I love the mentality of turn and burn. And this is that kind of guy. Like in season's the key, right, Britt? In yeah. season. Yeah. I mean, because ultimately, like the Jared Dokes and Javian Hawkins were fun because there's nothing else to talk about. And because none of the running backs had a great spot. Najee Harris isn't a great spot. Travis Etienne's not a great spot. Mel or uh, I almost said Melvin Gordon. Javante Williams isn't a great spot yeah, because so of Melvin Gordon. Yeah. So you're yeah. like, okay, uh, you know who has fun spots? Jared Dokes and Javian Hawkins. Well, you know, what's also fun is that they're now sleepers and everyone loves a sleeper. Sleeper is a hype word, right? Every offseason is who's your sleepers, who's your bust, who's your breakouts, who's your guy that's going to blow out everyone out of the water. Like sleeper is just one of those terms that everyone's going to click on. And now that we have other things to focus on, their interest is fading. So don't take advantage of that. This is one of the rare times where I'm going to say, don't buy that dip. I don't want you, the listener, to go and spend capital on JV Hopkins. I don't even want you to spend fab, honestly. Like, give like 3%, I guess. But like, nothing more than that. I'd put a dollar on him just to make sure that you got him over someone else bid in the zero. So, in this hypothetical scenario that JV Hopkins finds a pathway to playing time, I don't think it's a far stretch to say that it's not going to be a multi-year type of situation with Lindsay like we're going to have with James Robinson it seems it's going to be a one-year type of situation and, and people are going to know that going in so what I like what you'd said there Berkey is that the 2022 class after the first round in any format doesn't interest me that doesn't mean there's no value but it doesn't interest me however the fact that that is a huge consensus among most of the industry that's quote unquote tapped in is something you can exploit right so like hey we all know the 2022 class is bad so give me a second it's basically like a third i'm gonna give you mike davis i'm gonna give you javen hawkins hell i'll throw in a andy isabella type of player i'll throw in a player that clearly isn't going to make this team in a meaningful way just to get the deal done. I'll throw in my third in 2024, whatever. I'll throw my 2022 third in. Because second round picks have value come the offseason. We saw it this year. It happens every single year. 
people get bored, people find new shiny objects to obsess over, people have these values that they're trying to key into. And so they're trying to retain more seconds to get more capital. Worst case scenario, it's something you can use to move up in the 2022 draft. So I would be targeting 2022 as a second if you can add on to Jamie Hopkins because he's never going to be the main focus point of a trade. So really it's using him and selling him at the right time, which is always, it's never going to be a wrong time to sell Javon Hopkins. If someone's like, Hey, I'll give you Javon Hopkins right now for a third round pick. I'll say done, done deal. Easy. That's, that is a practice. That's a taxi squad spot that is now open up on my bench. And now I just got an additional third to push a future trade through. Perky, are you kind of seeing the same way? There's never a wrong time to sell Hopkins. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll tell you, you said some things I loved. You said some things I hated. That's why this game is awesome. That's why this game is awesome. That's why you and I love talking football. You know, we love talking shop. You say, well, I, I sell him for a third. I say, I say, fuck that. I just took him in the third. Go fuck yourself, Britt. And you're like, hey, but I just opened up another spot. I'll just get another guy off waivers. I'll throw him in my taxi. I'll look to sell him for a third. Thirds are much easier to sell. I'm like, well, that's just true. That's just true. So how much do I believe in JV and Hawkins as I'm all over the place? So I love that. Would I sell... My second for Mike Davis and Javian Hawkins in a heartbeat. 2022 in a heartbeat. You can have it, Britt. You can have it. At the same time, like you said, man, you're turning and burning a 29-year-old running back and his wannabe handcuff that may or not may may or not make the team for a person that's a second that's actually has a market. The whole the whole league wants it. So I love I love hate you. I love hate you so much. Because your arguments, uh, when they come out of your mouth, that they are terrible. And when you when you finish them up, I'm like, fuck, he's right. He's right. I need to send out some trade offers. I need to send out some trade offers. Let me say just a couple more things about, about why I like J.B. Hawkins. Naheem Hines had – he Hines, RB15 last year, had, had 89 rushing attempts. That's not a lot. We just talked about J.B. getting at least 100. Got 380 yards. That's not a lot. Right? But he had 76 targets. You look at Chase Edmonds. Hot name, hot name. Both guys undersized. Chase Edmonds a little thicker, but hot name, man. He had 97 rushing attempts. That's what we're looking at, 448. It's okay. It's not a lot. It's okay. He had 67 targets. And when we look at JV and Hawkins, we think he's going to get some. I mean, he's very capable of getting 100 carries this year. And both, both those numbers are lower than 100. So it's the targets. And Atlanta, in the pass-happy offense, in the lose almost every game, it – with a guy as explosive as JV and Hawkins, where you know Mike Davis doesn't have the pop, Cordell Patterson doesn't have the pop, Quadre Olson sure shit doesn't have the pop, fifth round pick that ran like a four five forty, he doesn't have it. Okay, JV and Hawkins fits that bill, man. And so, is he the next Phil Lindsay? Probably not. Is he the next Austin Eckler? Probably not. Is he the next Chase Edmonds? Maybe. Is he the next Naheem Hines? Maybe. And these guys have value in dynasty league. So that's, I'm not out on JV and Hawkins. That's why I wouldn't sell them for a third. I wouldn't do it. Right. But your mentality of fuck it, man, I'll just get another guy, another, another, I'll get Jared Dokes off waivers and throw him in. Would you take Jared Dokes in a third for JV and Hawkins? I'm like, no, but I get it. I get it now. And so that's why this is a beautiful game. So there are more than one ways to win a title. Right. And how you handle your bench sets you up for success. And so if you want to have extra picks for trades, if you're good at moving seconds and thirds and you're not as good at finding a market for a player, go do that, right? And if you're the guy that just loves players for anybody, right, and you just want to swap your picks for players, well, these are guys that are very obtainable. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily, but at the same time, I've seen it work. 
And uh, yeah, man, it's, it's a fun strategy. I, I agree. And I just want to end it on this is that Javion Hawkins yard per team attempt, which is a metric that uh, measures a running back's efficiency, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a metrics guy. So it's not right for me not to bring up a metric. You know what I'm saying? His yards per team attempt was 1.81. That's good, right? That, that's not great. That's not elite. That's not, but that's good. It means that he's efficient with his touches, which he's going to need to be, which is why I'm telling you this because at least there is a narrative that he can ride on, right? He's fast. He ran a four, four, six unofficial at his pro day. So it's probably closer to four five. You know, he, he's going to give opportunities. It's now down to you, the person that has him on your team and to what you can take him for. This is like a litmus test of sorts. How good of a owner, dynasty owner are you that what is the best return you can get for Javian Hawkins? That's your litmus test this year. That is my challenge to you. I want you to hit me up in a year. I want you to set a reminder. I want you to say, Britt, you fucking idiot. I traded Javian Hawkins for a third and he went in, in X, Y, and Z. All right, I traded Javian Hawkins for a second round pick and I only had to give up Hawkins in a fourth. I want to know it because there is going to be a time and I will let you know on Twitter. I promise you there is going to be a time when Javian Hawkins is ripe and ready to sell and it's not here yet. So pause. I know I said, sell them if you can get anything, but if you're patient like Bergie pause, cause the time's going to <coughs> exist itself. And it may very well be in August come training camps. It may be in August, but it's coming and you need to be ready and you need to know which player, which owners on your team or on in your league, are interested in Hawkins because those are the ones you need to say, Hey, listen, I'm going to give you a deal on Hawkins. I think I'm out. I'm not about him anymore. And you need to frame it as that sort of, I'm going to give you a deal here. And that is how you take advantage of the situation. Berkey, where can the people find you? Let's close this bad boy out. You can find me at fffair.com. Love that. Love that crew. Love that crew. Love that website. Check it out. Scroll to the bottom. Leave us some listener, you know, questions. Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Eric Burkholder six, and you can find me on the dynasty nerds website as well. I'm, I'm a contributor there. So every single day, you know, where you can find me, ladies and gentlemen, on Twitter at VFF Sandman. You can find me on clubhouse as well. Same handle, uh, same website. Ironically, FF affair, baby, drop in a couple articles. I've got a really exciting one coming out. Uh, it's about kickers. So hold on to your britches because I I'm very excited about what I may have accidentally stumbled into. I'm going to do some more tests and make sure I'm not talking out of my wrong end, but I'm excited to see if, how that comes about. Uh, you can find my writings on breakout finder for Debbie, and I'm going to start doing more content at deep or Debbie deep dive over on YouTube. So pop in over there, find some analytic guys that are going to be interesting to you in the dev world because they are going to be coming into the NFL sooner than you realize. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you spending it with us. I know it is valuable and I know you have a busy day. So have a wonderful one. Please leave us a like, rate, and review. Let us know what we can do better. And as always, tell your loved ones you love them. That's awesome. Peace.